Welcome to Coming Clean, the podcast dedicated to common sense environmental dialogue, environmental optimism, and real environmental solutions. This show is proudly powered by Orsted. This is the Coming Clean podcast. I am your interim host, Stephen Perkins, and this is a special episode. Last week, Miss America, or Grace Stanky, uh, joined us on the Hill to advocate for the advancement of nuclear energy. And so we are thrilled to be joined by her uh, today on this special bonus episode. So please sit back, relax, and enjoy Miss America nerding out about nuclear. It's the greatest thing in the world. Here we go. Peace. Thanks for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. It's always good to be back on the Coming Clean podcast. <laughs> sure. So you had a, a busy week last week. Um, and, you know, people who follow ACC kind of know what was up. It was our, our nuclear era. Uh, you were on Capitol Hill advocating for the Advance Act and its counterpart in the House, uh, which is super cool. Um, but for those who haven't been acquainted with you yet and, and your background, who are you and, 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 and why Jen? are you, you know, so interested in nuclear? Yeah, so I, I'm Grace. I'm Miss America right now, only for a few more months. So I'm right on the tail end of my year of service as Miss America. I actually did a podcast with Benji back in like, it was like February or March. So this is my second time back here. Super stoked. But how I tie into the nuclear era and all of those things is I'm a nuclear engineering student at the University of Wisconsin-Madison. And throughout my time pursuing my career in nuclear engineering, I became really frustrated with the lack of knowledge that there was out in the world, including my lack of knowledge growing up, right? I was like, I knew nothing about nuclear growing up. I was never told how awesome it was. I was never told that it literally cured my dad's cancer twice. Like, I was never told that it powers 20% of America. And in my mind, I decided to do something about it. So I started advocating pretty much my freshman year of college. And then I was competing in the Miss America organization for scholarship dollars and ended up succeeding really well on that front. And now I'm here as Miss America. Uh, advocating for clean energy, cleaner future is the program is what I call it, uh, which is honestly all about educating people of all ages, all backgrounds, all statuses about nuclear science and how it benefits our communities. Yeah, I, I always kind of find it funny because I, I, I think that in and and I, I hope this isn't at all disrespectful, but you know, usually the the trope of like Miss America is I, I want world peace and you're saying like <laughs> I want clean energy. And I think that's a really mm -hmm. fun uh spin on what we generally think about. True. And the platform that you have to educate people is so powerful. Since you last spoke with Benji earlier this year. What have been the experiences that you've had of of talking with people? And we'll get to the Hill advocacy from last yeah. week in a second. But in the meantime, you know, how do people generally react when they're like, oh, you're Miss America and nuclear energy, like clean energy? What's that all about? <laughs> um, but what have yeah. been some of those experiences? Yeah. So since then, I have done so much travel. You know, I'm about 11 months in, 10 months in. Uh, I am just under the 200,000 mile mark in the past 11 months. So I've I've seen my fair share of the world, uh, but it's really been incredible because whether it's here in America or whether it's in Japan with a significant language barrier between me and my audience, 
you know, everyone is genuinely open and curious to learning about nuclear science, which I think is so incredible and speaks a lot about the culture that we have at this point in time. We need to be capitalizing on this. You know, this is the first time in decades that we're seeing this level of openness towards nuclear. And I feel like most listeners to the ACC podcast here is truly like usually on the pro-nuclear side already. I spoke at the ACC summit in Salt Lake City this June as well about nuclear. And I realized afterwards, I'm like, man, everyone here already supports nuclear. I love it. So uh, in that sense, you know, this comes down to things like on the Hill last week, where we're starting to push for more support, both from the governmental side, but then also with the other side of the work that I do, getting communities to truly embrace and welcome nuclear power into them, because that's what we need to be seeing is it is the support coming from both ends, both from the top of that government level support and also from communities of people saying, hey, we want this in our backyard. We want nuclear power here. I want to have these tax dollars flowing into the community, the reliable, high paying jobs, the reliable, clean electricity for my home. Uh, and I think that that really is changing. And that's what we're starting to move towards. So tell us about last week on the Hill. I, I know there were some exciting moments, like you got to, you know, ride the the, the subway cars in the basement. That was, I understand, a big moment for you. But um, <laughs> take us through how those meetings went and, and what the response was like and just kind of paint the story of, of how last week went. We started the entire two days. Uh, we had breakfast with actually a nearby startup company for nuclear, which was really cool to just start off with like, fellow nuclear nerd, right? It was great. Yeah. Highlight, uh, which was awesome. And then we did a total of about a dozen office visits. About 10 of them were with the representatives, with the members, which was incredible, right? Uh, so that was really cool, including a couple surprises where we weren't expecting to meet with the senator or the congressman. And they were there and they were like, hey, we'd really love to spend this time together, uh, which is so cool. But broadly, when it comes to nuclear Everybody supports it behind closed doors. You know, honestly, I feel like that's my biggest takeaway from my Dang. time on the Hill is everybody is like, yeah, nuclear is the way forward. But all of a sudden, when it comes to, hey, OK, now say that publicly, it's a different story. So it came down to a lot of discussions surrounding what can we do to ensure that politicians feel safer to take that level of bold leadership. Um, and honestly, this comes down to I think what we've got to see is start at the public perception level, starting at what I was talking about with like that small level where local communities say, why aren't we digging into nuclear? Why aren't we moving towards this as a clean, reliable energy source? So I think really once we have communities saying, hey, we want an SMR here because we want to bring these high paying jobs to our community. We want to bring this reliable electricity then all of a sudden we're going to start to see the bold leadership from politicians, you know, and it's unfair that it has to go that way. I think, you know, I'm not happy with that, but this is America and this is politics. And I think that this is going to be the best way to get it done. What do you think we can do to foster some of that excitement at a local level? I, I, I imagine, I mean, what I've seen working in this role is a lot of people by no fault of their own, but they, they don't, think about where their energy comes from, right? It's like flip a light switch, it's mm -hmm. on. I don't know what planet came from. I don't know the journey it took to get to my house. So when you talk about, you know, generating excitement at the local level, my, my thought immediately goes to 
how do you get people to nerd out on nuclear like we do, right? Like, how do you get people excited about that? So what are your thoughts in terms of how we do that locally? Honestly, for me personally, the strategy that I use is it's got to be something that affects that person directly, you know, that they see in their everyday life. Uh, And in a couple of states in America, you know, they don't have reliable electricity right now. There's been rolling brownouts in a couple of states. So that's a great way to talk about energy specifically. Now, nuclear broadly, one way that does resonate with every single person is cancer. You know, that's something that everybody knows somebody or is somebody that made it through cancer or maybe their friend didn't. Maybe their family member didn't. And that's a great segue to talk into what nuclear science can do for our communities when it comes to the nuclear medicine side of things. And then you can kind of open up the perspective to into more things like nuclear power. Um, And I genuinely just biggest recommendation, don't go into a conversation with this like specific agenda where you're like, okay, I've got five talking points. I want to hit all five because all of a sudden that's not a conversation. It's a to do list. And you're talking to a human being, right? So treat it like that. You know, that's that's the biggest thing that establish that friendship, establish that communication between each other. Um, you know, it's a lot harder for someone to not listen to what you're saying when they like you, uh, when they want to be friends with you, when they're like, man, I want to go bowling or, if you know, Wisconsin time. We're getting snow right now. And yeah, I want to go downhill skiing with this guy or whoever. Um, honestly, that changes people's perspectives entirely. And when you have an active conversation about how you were, hey, recently on the Hill talking about nuclear or whatever it might be, people are really open to learning more about it. Yeah. And I found, you know, part of our work of um, building community on a local level is to be able to have some of those conversations mm-hmm. and to be able to, um, to, to be able to approach even some of the, the tougher d- discussions that uh, go around climate change and energy and all that. Um, is because when you know people, those become less difficult conversations to have. Um, someone once told me, like, you're, you're not really g- getting upset with the person that you're picking up trash with at the park, right? Like, yeah, that's the beginning of something really special. And I think that uh, one of the benefits that you've been able to have through your role is going to those local communities. And you already have, you know, some authority being the position that you have, but also um, just sort of being conversational about it. I, I also think something that you bring is that um, you're not you 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 love nuclear. You know a lot about it. You're not wonky when you talk about it, which is a pitfall that a lot of people <laughs> fall Sometimes into. I am. <laughs> well, sure, 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 sure. But 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 you you know and you've learned like you've got yeah. a you, you've got to slide into that conversation. Uh, you know, yeah. um, with with maybe less of the of the fine details. Um, but for people who, um, you know, want to become better communicators about nuclear, what are those tips? You already gave a good one of connect with them, you know, uh, <laughs> connect with people and build that rapport. But what are some of the tips that you would say, um, you know, addressing the challenges and, and talking about the opportunities that are coming up, all that? Can it give people a, a mini course, yeah. if you will, on that? Ooh, ooh, crash course on communication. Uh, from an engineer. This is fun. <laughs> but <laughs> honestly, unique, right? the strategy, yeah, I know, yeah. Uh, the strategy that I take with all of this, you know, that that first thing that I've already talked about truly is the most important. Establish a connection, create a friendship, find something to relate through. Everybody has hobbies. You probably share a hobby. You probably share an interest, share the same sports team, 
Uh, Wisconsin specifically, if you're a fellow Wisconsinite, we have this weird like cult vibe across all of America. If you meet anyone from Wisconsin and you're also from Wisconsin, it's just a weird like, oh my I've God, cheese yes. Packers. It's yeah, it's it's weird. So that's an easy one if you're from Wisconsin, for example. Uh, but truly, when it comes down to it, the strategy that I take in terms of when explaining something technical is break it down into something as simple as possible. I honestly treat everybody that I'm talking to like the same that I would treat a kindergarten classroom when it comes to talking about like the crazy concepts of nuclear science, because they are a little bit out there for a lot of people. Um, and in a sense of just understanding it, like talking about how a nuclear power plant works, people think it's some big, scary thing. People think of cooling towers as some big, scary thing. But at the end of the day, you know, I, I just posted an Instagram reel about this where I'm like, cooling towers are cloud machines. It's not a big deal. They just they cool steam, they cool water. That's it. That's all they do. They're cloud machines. And people are like, oh, my gosh, wait, that's so much easier to look at now. And that's so much easier to picture as a positive way. Describing a nuclear power plant itself, I always say I, I use um, in kindergarten classrooms, I'll bring in like a hot plate and then I'll bring in a teapot full of water and then I'll bring in one of those plastic windmills. Your hot plate is just the uranium. It's the fuel. You know, it's fancy hot rocks. That's what uh, Kaylee Cunningham actually calls that. She's a TikTok influencer that promotes nuclear as well. And she says that and I've kind of stolen it and I give all the credit to her it. for that. But it's fancy hot rocks that essentially boils water. So you put the teapot on the hot water and the hot water begins on the hot plate. The teapot begins to boil, creates a thin stream of, of steam and you put the pinwheel above it and that's your turbine. Like that's a nuclear reactor. That is a nuclear power plant at its core. The water that is boiling, that is creating the steam never touches the hot plate. Keep that in mind. So it's never becoming contaminated or anything along those lines. It's a way that accurately kind of describes the whole process in a very simple manner. Um, so that's my main process in terms of communicating is break it down as simple as possible and put it into terms of what people recognize on their daily life. You know, something that they can register and think about, oh, I know a tea kettle. Oh, I know a pinwheel. I know how that works, like that sort of thing. Yeah. And, and I think one of the benefits of sort of this renaissance that's happening of, of nuclear advocacy is you are getting nuclear influencers, which is just a crazy, like, you know, what, what do you do for a living? I'm a nuclear influencer. Uh, but <laughs> what I'm trying to say is that this is the perfect time for really simplified information about how this stuff works. And uh, I think that mm -hmm. approach is, is great, right? Like, don't treat people like they're dumb, but do dumb it, do, you know, simplify it and make it mm -hmm. more palatable to where you're not getting uh, into the science, because yep. I certainly can't talk about the science of it. I was going to say, because like at the same time, if you start at that simple level and you realize that this this individual that you're talking to um, either already has some preliminary knowledge about nuclear or they have that understanding, that leads into this conversation about the technical niches, right? One of the yeah. best appearances that I made at Miss Amer as Miss America is I was at a, um, a, a conference and I was speaking for the Dairyland Power Co-op here in Wisconsin. And they had this high school choir of girls come in to sing the national anthem. And I'm talking with these high school girls. And one was a 17-year-old girl that I'm talking about being a nuclear engineer, right? And she is asking me about these like super niche advanced reactor designs. And I'm like, you know something. I'm like, you've done your research. Like I was like, you here are passionate and excited about that. 
Well, that's the time to foster that excitement and foster that passion and truly kind of take that opportunity to be a mentor. Um, maybe you can learn from that person too. You know, honestly, I've had a lot of conversations with people that are nuclear experts. I'm still a student. I'm still learning. I know more than the average person, but I am by no means an expert at this point in time. And it's sometimes the best conversations to open up to to be in that mentored person, um, like the person that is being mentored. There we go. That's better English. Yeah. I engineer well, good, not English. <laughs> no, I, I love that. And in terms of, uh, of simplifying things, even context, just by the way, for people thinking about all the Hill meetings that happened last week, uh -huh. I have done the like dozen of, of meetings in a day. And that is intent. Like it is a, it is a, a full body all day workout. So um, thank you yeah. for, for sticking in it with that. Um, after those meetings, how optimistic are you, if at all, about um, the ability of the, of the Advance Act to go forward, the ability for, for nuclear in general to be a bigger priority in Congress? What are some of your just takeaways and thoughts from that? I am very optimistic. You know, I, first of all, I think I have to be because this is what I'm advocating for. Um, but second of all, I think one thing about nuclear that we've proven is that we're resilient. You know, no matter what happens, we will persevere. We will make sure that we come out of this strong. Um, and I certainly think that at this point in time, it's not just me that's calling those offices, that's going into these offices saying, hey, we want to see the Advance Act be pushed through. We want to see the Nuclear Fuel Security Act. We're starting to see people that are thinking about other things, you know, energy security in America. They're all of a sudden saying, hey, no, we do need the Nuclear Fuel Security Act. They're calling their offices, too. Like, it's becoming a, a force from many different angles now. And that is one of the biggest things as to why I'm so optimistic about this. I had a conference from, like, Bitcoiners reach out to me and they're like, hey, we really want you to come and speak. And I'm like, Bitcoin? Cryptocurrency? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And nuclear combined, I'm like, okay, this is this is an unusual connection that I would have never expected. Uh, but it goes to show that nuclear is really impacting us in ways we don't even know. And because of that, people are starting to see that because of education, because of this outreach, because of all of the different abilities to and opportunities to learn about that. People are seeing we need more nuclear. And I think that's just going to keep on coming back to those politicians at the end of the day. I, the the number of of Bitcoin people that show up at environmental conferences it is it is actually a thing and it'll it blows my mind uh, all the time I'm like uh, yeah. you know, every single event there's someone there um, but that's cool so so that's great so I, one thing that I, I I think we'd like to give calls to action for people um, you know from our end we would love for people to contact the member of Congress that can often feel like this big, scary thing uh, isn't. Um, but could you just sort of tell people, um, you know, how they could be good advocates for their members of Congress right now uh, and kind of what yeah. you would encourage them to share with their representatives? Yeah, I, I actually have three calls to action here. One is to write to your representatives, right? And make sure that you're encouraging them, one, to pass the Advance Act and two, pass the Nuclear Fuel Security Act. Those were the two main ones that we were pushing last week. And they are crucial to helping build new nuclear and preserve our current existing fleet. Um, and from there, then, my second point, election season is coming up. You know, we just had election day here on Tuesday when I was on the Hill. Make sure you're getting out and voting and research who you're voting for. I firmly, firmly believe that the electricity grid is going to be one of the biggest political platforms for a politician to run on within the next, like, 
four to five election cycles. And that's something that I think we could get ahead of. It doesn't have to be that way where that becomes such a politicized topic. If we're voting and we're careful about who we're putting into office right now, we're promoting bold leadership, promoting people who say this publicly and represent their people truly. That makes all the difference. And then my third, my third ask, which this may have been my ask with Benji's episode too, but my third ask, start your family Thanksgiving fight. You know, when your Aunt Linda comes into town, be like, hey, do you know where your power comes from? Do you know how much you're paying per kilowatt? Like, do you know or understand anything about your power bill or is it just another bill at the end of the month? Uh, that sort of education is what l leads to what I like to call like sort of the nuclear chain reaction, you know, the fission reaction where one conversation all of a sudden sparks two, which all of a sudden sparks eight, which all of a sudden leads to everybody getting educated about this. So start your family Thanksgiving fight. That's an easy one. I love to throw mashed potatoes. I ask you do it too. <laughs> yeah, I, I just I just love the I headline. Don't actually, of, I, <laughs> I, I, I love the headline of Miss America encourages you to fight with your family on Thanksgiving because that's that's just refreshing. That's what we need in the world. That's great. Um, well, exactly. Grace, I, well, it happens anyways. Make it, yeah, make it a you, purposeful argument, you know? Make it something good, for sure. Well, I, yeah, I, I want to exactly. just thank you uh, on behalf of ACC, on behalf of our ACC membership. I want to thank you for how incredible the voice that you've been and, and just a great partner with us as well from the summit to last week. Um, I, I, I can't explain how, how many people talk about it, uh, about how cool our partnership is, but also just how great it is. Um, that you are using, as I mentioned, your platform for such an important issue. And so um, is there anything that you would like to say to the audience before we close out this special episode? Oh, well, I, I do want to say thank you to ACC because you guys have been nothing but wonderful to me and pleasant, like amazing to work with. And that's why I keep working with ACC, right? Uh, the biggest thing is, you know, let's stop talking and let's start taking action. That's what we need to be at with nuclear right now. There's been a lot of conversation. Let's start seeing that action. Great. Grace, thank you for joining me. Thank you. And before we jump, the Coming Clean podcast is grateful to be powered by Orsted, a wonderful company strengthening America's energy security with reliable and domestic clean energy. Through its integrated renewable energy solutions, Orsted is creating American jobs, investing in American communities, and driving American innovation, all while preserving our country's natural habitats. A clean energy future truly connects us all, and Orsted is helping lead the charge. To learn more, visit us.orsted.com.